All right, let's start it off then. Scott, what would you like to do? Let's do a podcast. We oh. can do it about guns. We can call it the Gun Show Podcast. Oh, I thought you would just like to welcome everybody back to the Gun Show Podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the Gun Show Podcast. That's what I'd like to do, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to tell you to go to facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast, click the like button, and I'm going to tell you to go to thegunshowpodcast.com and read the stuff and click on the things. And I'm going to tell you to go to our Twitter and click the follow button. Is there mm. a follow button on Twitter? Why I have no idea. He's here all night, folks. He's here all night. Well, no, just till the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, then you then I, won't, then I won't be here anymore. <laughs> then you're uninvited. <laughs> then I'm uninvited legally, like legally. So uh, speaking so, yeah. of uninvited, uh-huh. I hear uh, something about Hillary's coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I read an interesting article and I thought I'd share it with our listeners. Uh, somebody said, hey, buy now because if Hillary gets elected, people will panic again. And I've talked a little bit about preparedness on our blog and I've, I've had some blog posts about preparedness on there. And, uh, you know, we make fun of people for building ammo forts and we make fun of each other for hoarding guns and buying more of whatever. But uh, I tell you what, having some stuff put away for a rainy day isn't a terrible idea in case of a shortage. I mean, if, let's not even worry about, you know, uh, the end of the world as we know it or... Uh, uh, you know, a zombie apocalypse or, you know, mm -hmm. Tupac rising from the dead or any of those things. Um, let's worry about something that could happen, which has happened recently twice in the last 10 years, right? Uh, shortages, shortages of yep. ammo, AR-15 parts, guns, fill in the blank, 22. Well, just imagine if that explosion in China had happened at another port where ammo was sent from yes. or something like that. I mean, you'd be looking at massive shortages yeah. For however long yeah, yeah, yeah. there too. So it's, yeah. we're not just trying to fear monger. No, 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 no. I, I am saying if you don't have everything that you're going to need for the next, you know, fill in the blank, maybe not two years, but six months. Let's say a six-month supply of practice ammo, mm -hmm. you know, gun oil, uh, you know, magazines, f whatever. Say you just bought a new gun and you're like, well, I don't feel like buying magazines for today. Uh, today might be the right day to do it before November rolls around and you can't get a hold of your magazines if it does happen. Right. Right. So let's say that uh, Hillary gets elected and people go into full panic mode. We saw what happened with 855 stuff. We saw what happened with everything after Sandy Hook. And we saw what happened after the Obama, the initial Obama the election. 2009 election. Was that when he was elected? Was that? Or is that when he passed, when, he, when he said the first thing about that? Ah, whatever. People panicked. You couldn't buy anything. That's the point. Okay. So we saw what happened, you know, and I, for one, don't want to be looking around for $75 M&P mags in the future. So I have enough M&P mags now. Yes. And so I'm just, you know, saying to our listeners, hey, it might be a good idea. Set a little little uh, five five six aside for a rainy day, a little nine millimeter. I think you should always have that set aside, period. Yeah. 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 And and like I said, just just being prepared for something doesn't mean you're a crazy person who's hoping for a nuclear apocalypse, right? Mm -hmm. It just means that hey, I got laid off. The the next 6 months, you know, maybe I'm out of work or underemployed or, you know, things are tight and I don't have the money to buy, buy an ammo to go to the range. Mm -hmm. But hey, you stocked up. You put two cases of ammo aside 
And now you can still go to the range and practice those things, even though you can't afford to buy more. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. You know, and that goes for food and water and, you know, uh, gasoline and, you know, all that stuff. You know, if you're capable of having a stockpile of it, hey, it might not be a bad idea if it's something that's not perishable and something that you use regularly to have a little stockpile, you know, a little set aside for a rainy day. Yeah. yeah. How, and were you resisting Clinton saying a little a something, something? I really was. I could see it in your face. I could see you, say, you seeing that. I was like, oh, man, he wants, he's, he's trying not to say it so bad right now. I really was. It, yeah. it kept kicking into my head, and I don't know if our listeners would appreciate it, so I said it. You made me say it. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot, buddy. You're welcome. And listeners, <laughs> you're welcome. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, so how real of a possibility do you feel that this is that Hillary might actually... Well, I think it's way too early for everything to kind of yeah. jiggle out and figure out, you know. To me, American politics at this point in the race is like uh, a panko ball. You know, you ever... Is it panko? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they drop the Plinko. steel ball. Plinko. Plinko, Plinko ball. Yeah. We, the steel ball comes out. It's like they dropped 10 of them or 20 of them in the thing, and they're all going... And some of them go to the side, and you know that one's not yeah, going to make yeah. it. And some of them go you know, right out the side, and, and some of them are still in the middle all the way to the end, and then one falls in the slot that wins, right? right. Well, that's how I feel about American politics. Right yeah. now, they've just dropped everybody in. They're all ding, 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 ding around. There's no telling how it's going to shake out. Uh, you know, Everybody's all about Trump. I don't see Trump shaking out to be one of the contenders at the end, uh, but it could happen. I mean, you never yeah. know. But right now, he's what everybody's talking about. And, and of course, Hillary and Biden and, uh, you know, the other left-wing types that want to take your guns. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, if it does come down to somebody like Trump, you know, if he's not electable, not to get into too much politics, but if it comes down to somebody Trump versus Sanders or Trump versus Hillary Clinton, right? Mm-hmm. The chances of Trump getting elected over, I, I'd put my money on Hillary, you know, in, in those cases. So I think Trump is, is too divisive a figure to, to actually get elected president. So if it comes down to that, where the Republicans nominate somebody who can't win, then hey, yeah, all bets are off, man. You need to stockpile because <laughs> people might go a little crazy. Yeah. And hopefully you can get grandfathered in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we made it through two terms. I don't know that we're gonna. Well, we haven't made it through two full terms yet, but you know, we. Well, the, it's a dangerous game to play. The right good now. thing is, so that, you. Yeah, go ahead. The, I'm sorry. The good thing is that Americans continue to buy guns at an exponential rate. You know, every even right now, gun sales are down, but they're not down much. the The market is saturated right now with firearms and people. Uh, NCIS checks are still running at the same rates they were this time last year, which means, you know, we're slated for 20 million more people to buy guns this year. That's 20 more million guns out there, which means that's a significant, that's at least six more gun owners. 20 million. Yeah, six more gun owners, maybe even six million more gun owners. And those people vote. And hey, maybe right now guns are going to become popular again and mainstream and normalized i mean we've seen it with all the different open carry stuff passing the different constitutional stuff passing we've seen uh, a lot of pushback uh, post sandy hook with some of some states even uh further relax their gun laws i mean uh, all sorts of interesting things are going on out there in the gun world so i don't know that we need to panic no matter who gets voted into office but uh, I think we should be prepared for the possibility that people will panic 
and definitely uh, have some uh, rainy day stuff set aside. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is you really don't know what you're going to get. You never know. Yeah. You never, absolutely never know what so you're going to get. So that brings me to the next thing, uh, yeah. fire clean. Fire clean. You never know what you're going to get. We have always said on this podcast to to basically pick a synthetic-based lubricant and stick with that and stay there's been some things that we've had bad uh personal experience with that we said stay away from some some products out there and there's some other things that we said well that sounds expensive it sounds like snake oil yeah and we're bringing this up because this is this is all over the place right now oh you can't get away from the whole fire clean you're you're living under a rock what had happened was there was this stuff called fire clean that came out and it's expensive it's like 15 dollars for two ounces or something like that it's not cheap right it's supposed to be one of the newer bio uh friendly uh lubricant firearms lubricants one of the next generation types where you can you know it's it's a it's non-toxic it's non-VOC, you know, it doesn't put off stuff in the air, but, and it supposedly keeps your gun clean because it's super cool, fancy vegetable based. Well, uh, um, there was some speculation uh, from people that Fire Clean was a simple vegetable or cooking oil, similar to Wesson or Crisco. Okay. And so there was some talk about it. There were some YouTube videos of guys doing burn off, which evidently is a thing. I don't know. I'm not a chemist. Uh, but but evidently, if if two items have similar burn p- cook off properties, I guess is a better term. Then th- that means they're made of similar stuff. And so there was that out there. And then um, Andrew Tui, uh, a popular video blogger and blogger, put out a uh, actually had it tested on the chemical level, and the guy basically said it was it was uh, chemically. Not identical, but chemically very, very similar to canola oil. Mm-hmm. So uh, then you had some videos of people cooking with fire clean. They cooked their eggs in fire clean and ate it. No. Yep. No. They said it tasted like canola oil. <laughs> then you had fire clean come out. Uh, <laughs> Two months later. <laughs> yeah. No, fire clean came out recently with a thing that said, we'll sue anybody who slanders us and we're not a repackaged product. And that's basically all they said. And they doubled down, and they said, "And you can go read their read their media uh, right. uh, rebuttals to the fact that Fire Clean equals Wesson Oil uh, on the Firearms Blog and other places. Um, you find them on the internet pretty easy. But but the thing I am taking from all this one, I don't care. It, lots of people love Fire Clean. They use Fire Clean. They have success with Fire Clean. I don't have a problem with Fire Clean. Kudos you to can you. use Fire Clean if you want." But if Fire Clean is, in fact, just a more refined, less refined, differently refined version of your standard old canola oil mm-hmm. from the canola plant, the lesson we can take away from this isn't about Fire Clean. It's about firearms lubrication. Basically, anything will work. <laughs> I mean, if, let's face it, uh, I recommend Mobile One, which is car oil, right? Yes. Fire Clean is is selling a version of canola oil, which, what, yeah, which, what which works. To be canola, what appears yeah. to be canola oil. Uh, the people swear by you know rim oil. People swear by WD forty. People have always used three in one oil. You right. know what that tells me is oh, and then there's a homemade mixes like Ed's Red, which is like ATF and Marvel Mystery Oil and something else. It, it, you know, there's all everything under the sun is out there. 
And everything under the sun is packaged in a little bottle on the shelf, and it sells for six dollars to thirty dollars right. for a few ounces or an ounce, and and it's put right there. And I'm sure there are differences, just like we talk about in defensive ammunition. There are nuances in how hollow points work mm-hmm. in this and the mm-hmm. other. But I, the important thing we always say is, you know, shot placement. And I think that's where we're at with this lubrication thing. The important thing is lube the gun, not what you lube it with. Let's face it, if 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 the gun works with canola oil and it works with mobile one and it works with fill in the blank, then then it doesn't matter as long as you lubricate it, right? And, but we've all and we've seen with car manufacturers, everyone coming out saying that with synthetic oils you still need to do your oil change. There's a lot of belief that you don't really actually have to do an oil change. All you do is change the filter that takes the contaminated particles out because mobile or you know synthetic oils don't break down so that being said is this is this something that you think that's just kind of come about in the world where the manufacturers have been saying something for so long that that has become the truth yeah there's there's a lot of that in our society let's face it before the 50s i want to say if if you read if you're an american cultural historian you know that before the 1950s uh, when there was a big push for people to bathe daily, people mm-hmm. didn't bathe daily. It was basically Dow Chemical and their subsidiaries wanting to sell you soap got everybody to shower every day and wash your hair every day and do that sort of thing. That's not necessarily, it turns out, you know, looking back the last 50 years, it, maybe not the necessarily the best thing for our skin and our body and these sorts of things, right? It was a similar thing with the whole car oil, like you mentioned, a popular oil change franchise who I once worked for put out there in the commercials, change your oil every 3,000 miles. Change your oil every 3,000 miles. Change. No manufacturer ever recommended changing your oil every 3,000 miles. None of them. It usually was 7,500. And now if you look at it, some of them are 15,000, 100,000, 75,000 miles. Some of these yeah. manufacturers are recommending this. This is what the guy who makes the engine says, right? Right. Uh, but for some reason, it's kind of stuck in our head every 3,000 miles. You change your oil. Um, so, it yeah, it's become a truth. I was even guilty of saying it while I was selling oil changes. You know, uh, uh, but is it the truth? I'll tell you right now, I have 100,000 miles on the oil in my car. And I drive a, a, a fairly high-end luxury V8 made by Toyota. But I put Mobile One Synthetic in that engine, mm-hmm. and I spin on a new oil filter every, you know, uh, three months, six months, nine months, whenever I remember, basically. And I spin a new oil on it, and I top off the oil with more Mobile One, and I go down the road. And I, I haven't lost compression. I have. I don't have ring issues. I don't have any loss of power or anything like that. Just, just stand it. Now, the car's got... You know, three hundred thousand. Nothing miles noticeable that you could relate back to your oil. Yeah, the, yeah. Obviously, I mean, we do see like the sludging and and those other strange things that can happen. Strange things can happen with any engine, right? right? And, that, right? and that's yeah. where that's where I was going to take it back to the guns. Is that you really should just do whatever you want to use on your gun and whatever works best for you. Yeah, whatever. I have discovered that Mobile One works great on my guns. Right, yeah. So that's what I use. If you like Fire Clean, use Fire Clean. If, yeah. If, if you really want to try you know, canola oil, use canola oil. I'm, I mean, really, I'm really tempted to, right, at this point. Put some Crisco on there. I'm really tempted to Don't put some. Don't use Crisco because that might actually like seep. 
when it gets hot, Crisco. Well, what I'm leaks. thinking is, uh, yeah, you could use like fire clean or mm. canola oil. Sorry, you could use canola oil on the gun oh. parts that normally get oil, right? Uh-huh. And gun parts that maybe want something thicker, something greasier, a little more viscous. You could actually use like vegetable Crisco shortening. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Sure. And put those, and that should hold a little better. I'm I'm really tempted to try this. I may do this on my 308 AR and see how well it runs. I think that you should use chocolate chip batter. Just the batter, yeah, not not cooked. You not need cooked, to, yeah. just the just the raw batter, raw cookie batter. Mm-hmm. I wonder if lard would work well. It's all gonna that's all gonna be weeping style. It's gonna drip off as yeah. it gets hot. Yeah, that would be the downside to it. Yeah, I think you'd have to try different flavors of Western. If you had a gun, like I mean, if you go to the oil aisle of your grocery store and look at all the different vegetable oils, there's like thirty kinds. Oh yeah, one of those has to work pretty good. Yeah, I've got three different frying oils because I can't remember which one I used last. (laughs) So there's like three just chilling in there. I'm like, "Mm." I've been cooking in lard lately. Yeah, deep frying in lard. I think that's the way to go. It's very delicious. And I and you know, if you've tried lard as a Firearm lubricant. We want to hear from you. Yes. Uh, shoot, shoot us an email. Uh, jump on our website to get that. You can access to our email, our Twitter, our Facebook, everything like that at thegunshowpodcast.com. If you soak your firearms in bacon grease. Oh, I want to hear about that for sure. I wonder if bacon grease would oxidize. Do you think, hmm. what is it when you take like a cast iron skillet? Oh, seasoning. Yeah, do you think anyone seasons their slides and stuff? Oh, I want to season my gun now. Yeah. See if it's better. Why not? I need to go do some some testing. I'm going to season a barrel. (laughs) Okay, you know what? I don't know if you know this, but uh, Silencer Co. just came out with a uh, yeah. suppressed 9mm. Yes. I think they need to do that. We were talking. Oh, they need to season, <laughs> pre-season the 9mm. Yeah. It comes pre-season. Yeah, and that's, oh, that's the new thing. It comes pre-season. Yeah, it comes pre-season. <laughs> well, what's great about this new Silencer Co. Maxim 9 is it, it's an integrally suppressed pistol, which, you know, about a week before they came out with this, I was waxing poetic at my work with another gun nut, and I said, you know, how come nobody's come out with a silencer, an integrally suppressed, you know, handgun that's actually usable because the expansion chamber and everything is kind of where the light would go, you know, down there in that area that's unused. That would make sense, and you could use a duty-sized firearm. And, and a week later, now I'm not saying I'm prophetic or anything, I'm just noticed trends and it just made sense that's where it would go and sure enough there it is and if you want to go to the gun show podcast.com and check it out we got a picture of it up there uh there's some video floating around youtube of some people shooting them but yeah it's an this one is built on a smith and wesson mmp now this is just all prototypes and teases now so nothing is written in stone yet but it's uh it supposedly makes um off the shelf nine millimeter ammunition hearing safe out of this gun and it's about the size to fit a duty holster. I think somebody already making a holster for the one that they had, the prototype. Eh, uh, you know, it, it looks like... I could like not tell you. It's not any bigger than a firearm with a light hanging off, a full-size firearm with a light hanging off of this integrally suppressed 9mm. Um, and that's the nice thing. You don't have to have higher sights. You don't have to change your nope, sight picture. Nope. Everything that you're you're used to doing with your MNP, yep. well, based on this platform, you know, you could just rock and roll with it. Yes, yes. And uh, so, yeah, so so... Where does this put, if this becomes a thing, now, what I think we're going to see is this is the first of the first, so it's going to have a very high price point. I'm thinking north of two grand easy, right? 
So, you know. Pre-tax stamp. Yeah, pre-tax. What would the waiting list on this thing be? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, The other thing I'm imagining is hopefully, uh, in deference to Silencer Co., I'm sorry, but hopefully a slew of copycats. Like everybody does this. Oh, yeah, that's Like everybody does this. 1911s with integral silencers and clocks and M&Ps and, you know, fill in the blank, uh, you know, Turkish made TP9 SAs, things like that. Uh, I want to see all of this uh, integrally suppressed because there's no reason not to integrally suppress a firearm. Let's face it, they should all be integrally suppressed uh, in some form or the other. And they should all be, uh, you know, all long guns should be integrally suppressed, you know. And they need to take that silly silencer thing out of the NFA. Uh, but uh, this is brilliant. Uh, I can't wait to see the finished product. I can't wait to see how popular it is, what price point it comes in. And, uh, hey, at this point, they won't have to offer a threaded barrel model. No. Think about it. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. You think this will impact their bottom line on other suppressors? Hmm. No, no that's... It will not. No, no, because you'll still want to retrofit, and you'll still have people that won't want to integrally suppress. And oh, like yeah. I said, at the initial price point, you figure this thing is the price of an MMP retail. Right. And the price minimum, and the price of a top of the line pistol suppressor, right? Right. Put together plus another couple of three, four hundred bucks in, you know. So yeah, it's going to be expensive. It's not going to be cheap. No. Luckily, you only need one stamp for it. Now was uh, is this the equivalent of the Daniel Defense ISR? Just the single stamp rifle becomes real popular. Because that would be great if that became a thing. Integrally suppressed AR-15s for sale everywhere and mm-hmm. integrally suppressed handguns available everywhere. You know, plinking handguns at the store. You know, Gander Mountain carrying, you know, integrally suppressed uh, Ruger 22s and Browning 22s. That, that's the utopia, I imagine. Yeah, but you have that uh, Ruger 2245. Yeah, that's that, what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. normally, I mean, not normally, but you can find those integrally suppressed all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Things like that. But that's the not really Marks hitting the market. Like, no, And no. that's such a popular caliber. And I envision like, a range. love that gun. Yeah, I envision a range that says no unsuppressed guns or unsuppressed guns only on Tuesdays after 6 p.m. or before 4 or something like that. Like you go to the range and you don't need hearing protection. Like unsuppressed gun about. owners will be shot loudly. <laughs> Or quietly. Exactly. Quietly. Like, hey, suppress your gun. Don't offend us. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then they they show up. They show up at the gun range, and they're like, all guns matter. All guns matter. Not just black guns. All guns matter. Or silenced, or... Or quiet guns, yes. Or loud ones. Loud guns matter, too. Yeah, people get upset. Terrible Unsuppressed is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's, that's the utopia, I imagine. I, you you can see it now, can't you? I'm 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 he's got his eyes closed and he's just I'm in another world right now. I'm just, imagining digging in my range bag and yes. like going past my ear pro yeah. to find my eye pro and just putting my eye my my shooting glasses on and then uh, you know checking my carry ammo on my gun and say hmm I think I'll put my carry ammo on my gun and firing off a magazine. You know you no you, ears in. You maybe oh. just think about Back to the Future too when he walks into the uh, that little 
coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. And he walks over to that gun game and he picks a gun up. And the kid's like, "You have to use your hands. It must be a toy for a baby." <laughs> and I was thinking about that. You have like your kid looking yes. at you, going, "You have to put ear protection on." Yeah, what is what wrong is with your guns? Ca- you know, what's wrong? With archaic your old... piece of machinery. Your old guns are so loud, old yeah, man. Yeah, go <laughs> home, old man. Well, anyway, speaking of old things coming back. Yes. Tracking point. Tracking point. They were in business. Or, yeah. Oh, wait. Huh? What? They're re- back? Yeah, they're resurrecting themselves or something. Yeah. Restructuring. I this. I cleaning heard this. themselves up. The original streamlining. tracking point people are back at tracking point. I guess they're taking orders is what their website says. And uh, they're going to start shipping out more things again now i don't know if we're going to see the exact same products the exact same lineup well it says they're fulfilling it's a backlog of existing orders oh so they're shipping out the same stuff they said that they've come back from a complete uh financial or they've completed a financial and operational restructuring which they probably had to do under the terms of whatever bankruptcy they declared yeah i'm sure uh but uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see where tracking point goes from here uh it's in, see we don't know outsiders looking in if tracking points uh business model was unsustainable like they had the wrong products at the wrong price point were marketing to the wrong people you know we don't know if that was the issue or if it was an internal issue where the products were popular and they made money but they just couldn't structure their their business right to take advantage of that we've mm-hmm. seen that with Colt Obviously, Colt has a product that sells at a profit, and Colt's Colt still never heard of her. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, bold ideas. They're out of Breckenridge. The uh, I mean, it's just like yeah, exactly. You got yeah. Colt, one of the most recognizable names yeah. in the firearm industry, declaring bankruptcy. I mean, and if you yes. ever see a 1911 or anything that resembles a 1911, mm-hmm. and a non-gun person is going to look at that and go, "Oh, it's a Colt. Well, it's a Colt we, handgun." I don't revolvers. They're not immune it. from being run badly. I mean, no. we talked about it on this podcast. This was a few years back, but Olin Winchester didn't make money. I'm like, how do you not make money? And this was post uh, the 2009 craziness. Mm-hmm. They should have sold every round they made, but the Olin side of the company made no money. But the Winchester side of the company made all the money. And uh, we saw it not that long ago with Smith & Wesson. I don't know if you remember, but Smith & Wesson's security section was losing money hand over fist mm-hmm. while their gun section made all the money. So we've seen these things happen before where it's just you know bad management practices or one part of the business doesn't make money and well, another part You know where does. they're launching into a section of the market that just has either no room uh-huh. for growth yeah. or... It's already saturated. Well, Tracking or? Point has its own market. It's a niche market. Oh, it definitely does. It's the does. only thing out there like that. Or it is but it was for like, the it, moment, but it won't like be It cost you like $16,000 to get yes. in. Well, that's why they had the Remington, what was it called? The 2020? Remember You're the Tracking Point? talking about where you modular or, or it's a it retrofit was, your AR with this same system? Basically? It was, no, it was, a, it was a Remington 700, not super high oh, end. Oh, right. But right. it came with the 2020 scope and the ammo, but right. it wasn't super high end. It was a nice high end 700, but it wasn't the $26,000 You setup. think that was yeah. part of them going, oh my gosh, we got to well, we look outside the box I think you need a larger this. market, right? You can't yeah. just... I mean, the number one selling gun in the country is the AR-15. And if you only have one AR-15 model, you know, who are you selling to? Who are you selling these things to? They have to identify those things. And like I said, we don't know if that was the issue. Right. If it was, you know, market identification or if it was something completely different. 
Right. It'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, where tracking point ends up. I mean, uh, inter- intergally suppressed uh, pistols with tracking points technology built into them. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Would it be? Let's all mash it up. Yeah. Uh, Some sort of heads up display on your shooting glasses. Hearing safe. You just put the dot on the target. I'll uh, uh Tom Clancy. No. <laughs> You're going to have to beep yourself. I know. I was thinking more RoboCop. What? You know, where he, the gun comes out and he goes, you know, and, and you get this and no. More no, Tom, Tom Clancy. Clancy. Yeah, oh, I'm right. leaning heavily towards Tom Clancy, not RoboCop. Rainbow Six type Tom Clancy? Uh, Ghost, Ghost Recon. Oh, okay. Right, yeah, like okay. the newer Tom Clancy. The stuff where Tom Clancy really... Not the really, new, no, no, new stuff The that stuff he where he write. wasn't writing. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff I'm talking about. The stuff he just signed his name to and took the paycheck. Oh, but I, hey, yeah. you know what? I, More I really too. enjoy his stuff. <laughs> his, even his stuff he did write. So, <laughs> oh. uh, but rest in peace, Tom Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> what is that know, so funny? Where do we go from there? <laughs> that was a segue, not a good one. There's a ton of segues. The little carts with the thing. Yeah. I haven't been seeing the segues. I've been seeing off brands lately. Oh no! You've been seeing that little like skateboardy device thing. What's well, the tri- like... trike ones? I guess what? they're less. The yeah. They, oh, the security guard ones. Yeah, those yeah. Are terrible. I love it when they follow me around the store because when my wife when I take go to the mall, well, quit shoplifting. No, no. When I go to the mall with my you wife, make your wife shoplift. I walk all around. Yeah. And she's in a store, and I'm just like, oh, and I just walk all around, and I always get the security guards that just follow me because I go from one store to the next to the next. I look suspicious. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, you putting product under your shirt yeah. doesn't help. The big yeah. baggy jeans and the hoodie don't help at all. But they, you know, it's their fault for stereotyping. Speaking of stereotyping, yeah, uh, Palmetto State has been known for ARs. Yeah, we talked about them plenty of times on this show. But I think they're, uh, I think they need to break away from that. Stereotype, huh? Well, we saw their AK-47 model at SHOT Show. And we were really impressed by it. Of course, it was just a floor model, and we still haven't seen their 1911. So uh, so, but, so we saw their AK-47 at SHOT Show. Vapor? We were really, yeah. Actually, they're shipping the frames now, but that's uh, for the another 1911 time. Frames? Yeah, oh. you can buy the 1911 frame from them, but not the rest of the gun, evidently. Well, this was the second run of AKs. You don't need any more than that. They're shipping them now, so as we record this, there is some for sale, uh, but evidently they're moving fast because they sold out of uh, their barreled receivers already. Now, Palmetto State Armory has been doing something new that I've never seen before, and that is they're offering a barreled receiver. What do you mean when you say barrel receiver? It's an AK-47 receiver Okay. with a brand new AK-47 barrel. Okay. It's got the gas block pinned. It's got the front sight pinned. It's got the muzzle device on there. It is properly headspaced, comes with a bolt. So basically, you need to add, much like an AR-15, you -hmm. just need to add everything that's not included Like the trigger components, the pistol grip, the stock, and the cover. You need a bolt carrier, furniture. Oh, I thought you said It comes with a bolt, but not a carrier. Oh, okay. That's right. So you'll need to add all that stuff. Basically, all the parts I didn't mention. Everything but the receiver, the barrel, the stuff that pins to the barrel, and the bolt. Okay. So, well, Palmetto State will sell you that, too. No. Yes. I Are those kid guys you not. in the game of making money? I they're doing they're either giving away you know what? This is what I'm picturing there at Palmetto State Army. A reclusive billionaire that loves guns started up this company to give stuff away. Yeah. This stuff is cheap too. The barrel receiver is like two hundred and sixty bucks. 
Yeah, for a barrel receiver. Wow. So uh, the kits, I don't remember what they start at, but it was dirt cheap. You could basically put together one of these PSAs. If you do it yourself, you can put together a Palmetto State Armor cheaper than you can buy it, and they're selling for like 600 bucks. if that tells you anything. So, uh, yeah, if you're in the market for an AK, uh, I haven't shot one yet. I haven't got my hands on a T&E sample yet, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say you should try it and then let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah. Leave a review on our website or our Facebook, you know. Just somewhere. Or email it to us. Yeah. Tweet it. Whatever. So, uh, yeah. So, Palmetto State Armory. Scott will take full credit for kits. it. I will put, put my there. name on it and put it <laughs> out there. Don't have a problem with that. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the kits are interesting because they come with everything but the barrel receiver. Now, what we've seen in the past is surplus kits. And this is what I was picturing. If you're one of those guys that likes an authentic-ish AK, you buy the Palmetto State Armory barrel receiver. And then you buy the surplus parts kit like you normally would, you know, Polish, Bulgarian, uh, uh, Russian, whatever you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. You bolt all those parts to this barreled receiver. You don't have to do the headspace stuff. You don't have to press the barrel out with a press. You don't have to do any riveting. You just bolt all the parts in. You basically, Palmetto State Armor is turning the AK-47 into the AR-15. Whether they mean to or not, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely brilliant. You can buy your parts kit from somebody else, buy your barrel receiver, now, here's what I hope. I hope others follow suit. So you get your Palmetto State Armory barreled receiver AK. You can get a uh, maybe Sentry starts because Sentry's got the uh, American-made C39 and the RAS 47, right? So maybe Sentry sells a barreled receiver AK at some other calibers, maybe a 74, maybe a 5.56 caliber, you know, and then you can buy your parts kit. You can buy surplus parts kit. You can buy a, a Magpul parts kit from Palmetto State Armory, the Mo version, the Zukov version. You know, or maybe you buy the uh, the cool Russian furniture because you want to build a real authentic Russian build. You know, I'm imagining all sorts of wonderful things for this platform. Uh, I think you could turn the AK-47 just as popular as the AR-15 if you did this right and you were able to get enough out there to market, especially at these price points. I think the most important thing is what you said, getting it out to market. Yes, yes. They've sold out of the first batch. This is their second batch. It looks like it's going real quick. I don't have any numbers, but... uh, When you're selling to two generations that are instant gratification and a third third generation that used to not be, that yeah. now realizes that everybody else is, and so why shouldn't I? <laughs> you have three generations that instant are instant gratification. Yeah. I can't buy that. I'm going to try to look for some for it somewhere else. And just yep. like you said, if you have other manufacturers pumping this out, you know, you're cutting the edge. You're cutting edge technology right now, I guess, quote unquote. Sure, you yeah. Know, you're the first one to bring cutting it to market. Cutting edge marketing. Yeah, that's for what sure. I meant. Yeah, yeah, you're the first one to come to the market with it. So if you capitalize on that, your name is going to be the one, instead of people going, oh, look, that's a Colt, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're going to say, that's a PSA. That's a Palmetto State Armory. And oh, did da, 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 you get the da. PSA kit? Did yeah. you order your kit from PSA? Yeah. yeah. I remember oh, that's back a PSA. In, I remember back in the day, there was like three companies you bothered to order your AR-15 rifle kit from. They were, they were uh, I want to say it was uh, M&A Parts, uh, J, not JG, uh, J&T, mm-hmm. and uh, Delton. And, oh yeah, uh, Model One sales of Model Texas. One, yeah. There was four. So you basically, if you ordered a parts kit, you ordered one of from oh, one parts of those kits? four people. Yeah, yes. definitely. Okay. So hey, if you're in there in the forefront, Palmetto State, brilliant, and all of your competitors need to jump into, uh, then you can be one of those. You know, for at least that period of time. I mean, this was a good five year stretch where that's all you ordered from. If you ordered a parts mm-hmm. kit, you ordered from them. So hey, uh, 
brilliant. Uh, let's hope we see more of this uh, from Palmetto State. Let's hope we can get our hands on one and do some shooting. I mean, it's an AK-47. It looks good. Uh, it, it shoots like an AK. I'm certain of it. Uh, comes with Magpul furniture. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that works great. I don't have any issues with Magpul whatsoever. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, can't wait to see what else comes out of Palmetto State. Well, speaking of Magpul, uh-huh. um, they are shipping Sand 308 magazines, yes, uh, 1022 stocks, and seven Remington 700 stocks. But it, they're, it looks like they're phasing out the foliage green. Yeah, the foliage green. Sage green if you're in the Air Force, I think, and foliage green if you're in the Army. or might be the other way around. I'm a little confused by that. But basically, that foliage cover, the color that Magpul has uh, has had forever. Evidently, and this is gonna... not OD green. No, 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 no. Just to let you know, yeah. OD green OD is green's that darker green, around. but it's just that... Yep. What grayish, pale, yeah. bluish, it's greenish, almost gray by itself, seafoamish. But once you look at it with other colors, it looks it has green to it. Right, but it's it's really a a gray green color. Yeah, yeah. So that color it's is like getting phased out. The chameleon of colors. I really like that color. I'm sad to see it go, but I'm happy that uh, Magpul is moving on to other things. They're coming out with evidently sand furniture. Yes. So uh, if you want to dye your own, you can do it. Also, it turns out, I guess the sand color Magpul plastic is stronger That's than the other color. That's what they color. keep saying. Yeah, I'm kind of upset uh, that I bought black uh, 308 P Mags and yeah. didn't wait till the sand ones. So I'll just have to get some sand ones on top of it. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be waiting. Don't want to be waiting. And you can't get foliage, so get the sand. Uh-huh. Well, what if you get some writ dye? Maybe you can make your own foliage. You can make foliage. your own foliage. Or you can make them red or pink or blue or whatever color you want. Whatever maybe. color you want. Uh, so, yeah, can really. You make them ex- white. No, ah. no. Now people have tried. You can't really get them any whiter. Lighter, whiter, lighter. You know, sun bleached them. I don't think. I think they. I think Magpul knows about the UV stuff, and they fixed that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. They're pretty smart over there, Magpul. So yeah, uh, ten twenty-two stocks. Look for those. Those should be shipping. Seven hundred stocks. Uh, short action, I believe, only now. Uh, should be shipping uh, the sand P mags in both 556 and 308, of course, are shipping. Uh, I know that there are enough Glock P mags out there now, so they're easy to find. Um, so, hey. Oh, yeah. Go, good on Magpul. Yeah. More stuff. Let's flood the market with your cool stuff and keep releasing it. Uh, I really like Magpul. Well, stuff. something that. I don't really know where you were going with this or if this is cool or not, but it kind of sounded like it. But you looked at sure. me and you said. Remind me, handgun sling, and you walked off. So I have no idea <laughs> what this is. Oh, this was a. This is okay. I I don't want to rag on somebody's product, but I, I, there's a video on YouTube somebody shared with me for this product called the handgun sling. Right? Okay, and and I guess it's a bungee cord loop attached to a, a a you know it looks like a chunk of pencil or crayon or something like a plug about you know i don't know two and a half inches long right and it's got a bungee cord loop attached to it and you're just gonna have to google this on the youtube and uh maybe we'll share it uh on our facebook page or something yeah, facebook.com yeah. slash gun show podcast but but and it's made to help you uh, naked carry or quote unquote Mexican carry carry without a holster carry firearm okay. without a holster okay. right? right and uh, I've done some hinky things in the past with 550 cord and 1911s and weird stuff you know doing the same thing but this one this one was special because 
it shows the designer of this cool handgun sling looping this thing around his belt, which makes sense because that's what keeps the gun from sliding down and in, further inside your pants, okay. right? Tucking that plug into the barrel okay. <laughs> behind his back okay. of the loaded firearm, okay. if you can picture this, yeah. and then tucking that firearm into his pants. And this just seems like a terrible, terrible idea. Terribly and it violates, scary idea. Yeah. And it violates all sorts of rules of gun safety. Like, you're not supposed to put it in there. And now you're shoving something in the bore of a loaded handgun right. that you're carrying. And I just saw this product and was was amazed. I'm sure he's going to sell a million of them, uh, but but uh, you know I would I would I'd recommend to our listeners to stay away from this product and things like it. It, it seems un, inherently dangerous to me, yeah. and you know maybe I'm just being a big nanny here, but but. I don't like shoving things in the bore of my gun anyways. There are some holster designs out there that do the same thing that I'm completely against. Right. Now, if you're talking about some sort of weird rack on your, you know, your gun shelf that you have dowels sticking out of and you hang your pistol up there, yeah, whatever. Who cares? But may I'm not talking be so a loaded bad against your body. Yeah. You know, not against your body. I'm as, talking a loaded gun. Concern. Yeah. And it's just, and to manipulate it behind your back so you're not looking at it and you're pointing the gun and you're shoving the thing in mm. there and then tucking it in. I don't is know. there is there some kind of trigger guard? Is that nope. part of no? Mm. Nope. <laughs> but you don't need it. It's got a you know grip safety. This would and, be a mm-hmm. terrible idea for any sort of modern striker fired safetyless firearm. Right. A terrible idea. Uh, your Glock, your MMP, your but you get away with it a little bit more with the 1911, is what you're saying. Just possibly. well, the 1911 has a manual safety. But that's what I mean. And the back manual in the day, safety, yeah. the yeah. grip safety. Yes, yes. I wouldn't. Re- yeah. I still wouldn't recommend this for an XD just because it has a grip safety. I, I still would be against it. Uh, but something with a manual safety, you know, sometimes you can talk me into these sorts of things. Uh, but generally, I want a holster, something that protects the trigger. Yeah, from oh, any yeah. manipulation. That's the big thing. Ninety nine percent. I carry a Vanguard, and that's yep. all it protects. So. I, I like the Vanguard, and I've, I've made my own versions of the, uh, like the Vanguardish guns holsters for the uh, for the lights. Well, I do want to remind everyone to head to thegunshowpodcast.com and like us on facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast. I think we're going to wrap it up here with a U.S. Court of Appeals strike down some D.C. gun laws. Yeah, it's very confusing, but we'll try to, we'll try to wade through this. Uh, basically, they're calling it Heller 3. Uh, after Heller 1, D.C. versus Heller, uh, a man named Heller sued the, the District of D.C., uh, District of Columbia, the District of D.C., the District of Columbia, mm-hmm. D.C., yeah. uh, he sued them saying because they wouldn't give him a gun permit. And he was a security guard, and he wanted a gun permit, and there was no reason for him not to have one. And that's why we got the the Supreme Court came down and said the right to keep and bear arms is a fundamental civil right. That's where we got that from. Thank you, Mr. Heller. Yes. Um, so, so after that, D.C. said, well, we had to give you something. So they came out with some onerous laws and some things that made it very difficult to own a gun in D.C. So Heller sued him again uh, because they wouldn't process his permit or it was impossible for him to process it with their laws. Uh, he won that. He won Heller 2. Uh, this is Heller 3. And basically... Uh, what ha- what happened was what happened was he wrote himself a trilogy. He did. He's, he's got, got his, three he's got trilogies. Now this wasn't the Supreme Court. Deals. This was the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, 
And now they upheld, uh, he sued, uh, I think there was five or six regulations that he sued, uh, saying they were uh, against the, his fundamental civil rights. Uh, the Court of Appeals upheld the requirements that force gun owners to register long guns, so they still have to do that. Okay. Get fingerprinted, they still have to do that. Photographed and appear in person when registering a gun. Pay a registration fee and complete a firearms and safety training course. Basically, the court ruled that none of those things violate your Second Amendment rights. Uh, infringe on your Second Amendment rights is a better mm, word. Yeah. I, I got a little trouble with that, but let, okay. All right. That's fine. Let's say getting fingerprinted, photographing, appearing in person, registering a gun, paying a registration fee. Let's say that's okay. It's all acceptable. Yeah. Then the court then struck down the requirements that forced gun owners to bring the gun they were registering into the police station to register it. Right. Re-register the gun every three years. What is it? Like a car? I mean, they need to make sure that the bore's still the yeah, same. Yeah, make sure size? that the air's clean know. enough yeah. for them. When the they, clean when air, yeah. the Clean Air and Water Act. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was more. Um, re-register firearm every three years. Pass a test on DC gun laws. Ah. Well, you know what? That might be a good thing. <laughs> I kind of like that, but I'm betting the person giving the test couldn't pass the test. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I know. But to me, that's it, it's kind of like a, a, the poll. You remember back in the day? The, the I just mean it might be a good are. thing so you don't go to jail on something that you had no idea. And the court did away with the rule that prohibits gun owner from registering more than one pistol within a 30-day period. So the gun of the month thing, they got rid of that. I kind of like the gun of the month thing. But only if you take advantage of it 12 times a year. So if you can only register a gun every 30 days, you need to be showing up there day 31 with a new gun to register. That's what I'm talking about. That's how you get these people to realize that we're serious about the gun stuff. No. Uh, so, <laughs> Go yeah. Buy, like, so, the cheapest gun you can buy. So, so what happened here was uh, they said you can go a little bit ways. You, you can you can force registration that's not against your fundamental civil right you can force photographing fingerprinting you know what that seems kind of as i say it it seems really terrible because if you take that fundamental civil right and extrapolate it to say a religious freedom you can be a muslim or a jew but we got to photograph you. Yeah. We got to get your fingerprints. Every and, time you, and you wish gotta to pay exercise your yeah. freedom of speech, a pray. Yeah, we every need time, to yeah. fingerprint yeah, you. Exactly. We need to photograph you. You can you can buy you and can we run need a to news. associate what yes. you said to yes. you. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. gonna put it in a database. Yes. And then every time you know you go out and you have a speech or mm-hmm. you anything, mm-hmm. we have this. We know yep. this. Yep. And we're going to fingerprint you, photograph you. Right. Every time. Yeah. Anybody can pray in D.C. as long as they've got their prayer card yeah. with their picture ID on it. Yeah. And yeah. before you can post on Facebook, you have to put your hand on the yes. hand scanner. You have to have your camera on to take a picture of you. All of this has to happen all at the same time. Okay. That's why That's why the um, iPhones have got the thumb scanner now. <laughs> so oh, my gosh. For freedom of speech. With you. <laughs> um, so basically what this court has upheld that, that they can go... So far, they can make you register, they can make you fingerprint and take pictures, they can make you take a safety class. They cannot make you bring your gun in for registration, register every three years recurring, it was too onerous, and they can't make you uh, take a test, just training. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, man. It's It's... Like you said, if you compare it to another fundamental civil right, like voting, 
Oh, don't we say that all the time, though? The motor voter laws, the voter ID laws. You can vote, but you got to have an ID. You got to be registered. Mm-hmm. You got to, yeah, that's true. We do do that for voting. That's interesting. Now, fingerprint you yet? Not yet. Give them, give them a minute. They'll figure out something. Stupid hanging chads. 